0: Welcome, everyone, to Strictly Anime, a podcast for anime reviews and discussions. My name is Courtney.
1: And I am Carl.
0: This is episode 180, and we're discussing Steins Gate. Returning to the podcast is the one, the only, Brian from TV and Movie Trivia Pod. Welcome back, Brian.
2: (laughs) Guys, thank you so much for having me. It feels good to be doing this in this world line.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love, I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great having you back. It's been um, a little while since you've been on the podcast. Um, I guess real quick for those who may not be as familiar with you, maybe some of our newer listeners, can you share a little bit about you and your podcast?
2: Sure, sure. I'm Brian, host of the TV and Movie Trivia podcast, uh, a trivia style podcast all about uh, basically just TVs and movies. It, it was my always my favorite uh, round of trivia and really the only one i could contribute to at bar trivia and i just wanted to make trivia just about that so uh if you've seen the movie you can play along or just enjoy it as well uh this year i've already had courtney and carl on for x-men 2 trivia they'll be coming back for the dark knight whenever we're ready to record that and uh it's it's just a lot of fun questions about your favorite movies and shows
0: Awesome, yeah, and we're so excited for the Dark Knight. We had a blast doing <laughs> X Men Two; that mm-hmm. was great. And when you mentioned that we were slotted in for the Dark Knight, Carl like did backflips. I went, yeah, I was <laughs> so excited. <Daddy>. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I
1: thought it was a slim chance that we would get that, but I know I, I really, I'm so excited to record that um, when we have the chance and I know a lot of our listeners on our podcast they know I'm a big Batman fan and the Dark Knight fan so I I know that they'll be looking forward to that as well
2: I mean I've listened to every Attack on Titan episode and I was always surprised how much the Dark Knight got referenced (laughs) live long enough to see yourself become a villain I mean it it did fit with Attack on Titan so well (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, speaking of Attack on Titan, um of course you've been on the podcast a number of times to talk about Attack on Titan. Always an awesome discussion whenever you join us. Um but how how are you feeling now that AoT is officially over? Uh
2: lost? I guess. Uh <laughs> same here. Man, what it's just like now now what? What do I watch next here? Uh I mean honestly, I understand the backflips with Dark Knight. I felt the same way when you guys asked me on here for Steins It was my first. It's one of my favorites, and I'm honored to be here. But as far as other anime, I mean, I've kind of I've had I have a list of things I'd like to check out. But like, it's just things that I'm interested in. There's nothing that's like that hits me like, oh, I can't freaking wait to watch this. You know, like it's the the excitement isn't there for me. Right now, there's still a ton that I'm looking forward to checking out. Um, but I have not found something that's hit me like Attack on Titan has left me just wanting more all the time.
0: Yeah, I I feel similarly. I I know we, we chatted a bit about it. Um, on uh, when we joined you on your podcast, but I just I don't know what could. Fill that void, and I'm kind of okay with that. I'm okay having that void because if something eventually comes along that lives up to the caliber of Attack on Titan, I I'm like happy to wait for that, and I sure. want it to be something really special. I don't want to just slot something in and hope that it's going to be great. I want it to actually be great.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say it's um it's tough living in a post Attack on Titan world because, like you said, Brian, there's there's not really anything like that that gets me hyped. Or like I know, like there are certain anime or shows out there where people are like, like they have high expectations for it, but nothing on that same level of you know following Aaron Jaeger and his exploits and just the 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 adventures of killing all these titans and uncovering the truth. Um, yeah, I don't think that. I mean, there I'm sure there'll be something as epic down the line, but I for me personally, I don't know if there will ever be anything else that hits. Close to home for me as Attack on Titan. Sure, yeah, I
2: know that I am excited to eventually start Jujitsu Kaisen. I've heard so many great things. I haven't listened to your guys' show yet about it because I don't because I don't want to know anything going in yet, mm. uh, and I, I don't and I really don't know a lot about it. And I and I'm very excited for that, um, but it's just not anywhere I can stream right now. Uh, tell you what, I did feel that way. I thought Chainsaw Man really. That had so many things going on, these contracts, this future de- devil and uh this combination of demon human hybrid, like there's a lot going on there that I want answers to. and now that is a show that I, I can't wait for more of.
0: Yeah, and I know manga readers um, absolutely love Chainsaw Man. They were so excited when the anime adaptation got announced. And I I was really captivated, too, by the first season. I think it's very much early days because there's a lot of, like, hints that manga readers drop about, like, oh, just wait until, like, you get to this part or there's more crazy things down the road. So that has me excited to see, like, what Chainsaw Man has for us in the future.
1: Agreed. Funny enough, I think a lot of people like to compare chainsaw man and jujutsu kaisen yeah so whenever you pick up jujutsu kaisen i think you'll you'll note a lot of similarities listen you guys will be the first to know (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) well when it comes to steins gate i know you mentioned a little bit about it already but when we decided uh here on strictly anime to finally watch it to finally watch and review this this like well-known classic anime which by the way is ranked number three as of this recording on my anime list it may go back up to number two because right now free run is ranked number one so i I do know that sign gate is usually in the top three of all time um but we knew we had to have you join us because this is an anime that you've shared you love what about it do you love most or what makes it so special for you
2: oh boy uh one of the reasons this is so special To me is uh, it is my first Uh, as I've always thought of myself as a TV movie connoisseur. uh, You know, I'm so proud of my IMDb ranking number and how many things I've seen. But I was (laughs) like, I really can't say that uh, without having given anime a shot. Uh, So I asked my brother who watched it all the time. This was uh, must have been almost 10 years ago at this point. Like, give me a good one to start off with. That'll just make me want to watch more. And he recommended Steins Gate, and uh, it it totally took me by surprise. I there's so much emotion packed into this show, uh, and I'm, I'm sure we'll get into it too. Uh, just about the first couple episodes, which um, this being my first anime, I, I I was one of the ones who looked up online when do things get started. You know, uh, this was, that's (laughs) what I was expecting from an anime and holy smokes, once it did, I couldn't stop. Uh, and that really was, it, this was such a jumping off point and it set the bar so high for how connected I feel with the characters, how I feel so much for them. And, uh, it's just everything that I think a perfect anime should be. I I think that about wraps it up. Uh, You know what? I'm sorry. I'm going to say this too. Uh, My brother hooked me also on anime because uh, the first couple he started me he started me with were a nice singular thing that wrapped up nicely with a bow. It's not this. He didn't start me with some of these like Dragon Balls and One Piece that just go on forever. That he he knew that I wasn't really looking for at the moment. These nice Mm -hmm. shows that tell a story get to the point without dragging it out without filling things like every episode is so important and uh it it just
1: hooked me i was also i was expecting you to also say like the sciency aspect of it is also what attracts you to this show
2: <laughs> i i am a sucker for time travel it's one of my favorite genres here uh wow I, there's there's just so much you can do with it and like there's some super creative time travel stories out there. Like, I love the movie Looper. Uh, There's a low-budget, high-concept movie out there called Time Lapse, which is also a really cool story. And, like, depending on how you decide to set the rules, like, in Time Lapse, it was a camera that could take pictures 24 hours into the future, and then what you do with that information. Uh, And, like, all that, I think, is just so cool to think about, and of course, how I'm sure we'll talk about it. The end. The last episode just explains so much we saw in the very beginning. And uh, wow, do I get excited when I see that?
0: Yeah, I, I have questions about that too, and that's another reason I'm very happy that you're here. Because I, it, it being my first foray into Stein's Gate, I feel like I have a general understanding of things, but I feel like my understanding could be far deeper if like. I could kind of explore it more and talk through it. So I'm really looking forward to to diving into this anime and hopefully answering a lot of the questions that I have. But I guess with that said, Carl, as always, can you kick us off with the synopsis? Yes.
1: Yes. So, <laughs> all right, Strictly fam, let's gate it on as we dive into our synopsis and discussion for Steins Gate, the 2011 anime adaptation of a 2009 visual novel by Five PB and Nitro Plus, produced by White Fox and directed by Hiroshi Hamasaki and Takuya Sato. We follow mad scientist cosplayer O'Karen, whom, after witnessing a murder at a science nonfiction convention in the great weeb capital of Akihabara and deciding to put it on blast via social media, unknowingly finds himself in a crash bandicoot time warp where his after school science club has used the power of cellular signals, microwave cooking, wireless email, and potassium to create a hot tub time machine. O'Karen enlists the help of several folks, including the red-headed former but also current murder victim Kurisu Masu, to upgrade his revolutionary invention to compete against the nefarious CERN Science Club's intentions of using time travel for world domination. But of course, Everyone wants a dip in the hot tub time machine, which drastically discombobulates the Crash Bandicoot time warp to the point where lab member My You're Really Annoying is (laughs) killed in the name of science so that CERN can serve its sinister schemes, driving O'Karen absolutely in CERN. Lab member Make Amane Out of You reveals that she is from the days of future past and proposes to O'Karen that she take this world line and push it somewhere else. To save my you really annoying's life but when her personal hot tub time machine sends her to the shadow realm kurisu masu proposes that okarin goes into everyone's dmail accounts and delete their scent items which inadvertently leaves kurisu masu to still be a knife magnet pre-crash bandicoot time warp and ruins any chance for okarin to show her his mad riz until another future variant of make Amane out of you appears and says that saving kurisumasu and burning her banned book on time travel is the key to stopping call of duty from releasing an awful world war 3 game onto the world okarin accompanies her in traveling back to the scene of the crime but realizes that it's him hi he's the problem it's him but fear not for the Days of Future Past Okarin has left the Incern in the membern, Ocarin with a YouTube tutorial on how to beat this time-traveling task and turn it into a tenderly tumultuous time paradox. So after using his remaining continue screen, Okarin has Kurisumasu's father stab him instead and knocks Kurisumasu unconscious to create a 1-to-1 scale replica of the crime scene, thereby fooling the ghost of Ocarin past and stopping Call of Duty in its tracks. And so the world is saved, time is kept linear, and they all lived happily ever after. Or maybe not. We don't know. That's the point, isn't it? The future is not ours to gatekeep. Or rather, Stein's gatekeep.
0: Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like the way Carl like, kind of explained it, the events of this anime was like so clean. But I, I I need to ask the question. I'm gonna I'm gonna start off this discussion with probably the biggest question we're gonna try to answer. Okay. How would we explain the plot and how time travel works in Steinsgate? Because that's honestly one of my biggest questions.
1: <laughs>
2: hmm. Oh boy. Uh I mean the plot is what uh guy kicks off a series of unfortunate events uh unknowingly <laughs> and then and then goes back to try and fix it and protects the ones he
1: cares about in a nutshell right
0: Mm -hmm. yeah
1: yeah i guess the way i see it is like the whole show is a time loop but it's like a consistent time loop even though you have events that kind of deviate from the path set in the first episode by the time you reach the last episode everything's still pretty much intact which is almost like the the mind-blowing thing of it uh, kind of alluding to, I don't like Okadian, the, the future Okadian calls it like a time paradox, but really, it's as if nothing changed.
0: Yeah, I think that's what was the most surprising thing about the story for me, is that, if I'm understanding it correctly, the solution all along for Okabe was do absolutely nothing. Let the events play out as they were originally intended. Um, I mean, he still has to go through the beta world line and everything, but... At the end of the day, I think in that like final episode or two, it was kind of like just do nothing. Like let yourself discover Karisu's body, let all of that play out, and then you'll be okay. Which is like crazy to me.
2: Yeah, you know, like uh, I'm I'm not. We'll never know in the first episode if she was really dead. You know where Mm. where all that blood came from. I mean, her dad did have the knife on him the entire time. Maybe if because we did see that if Okren— left things alone he was definitely choking her out at least um maybe maybe uh he got creative and decided to stab her after that um but i guess we we won't know if she ever actually really did die there of course also though in the very first episode we do hear his same scream in the end
0: oh yeah that's true
2: uh he runs up to check up on karisu after hearing a male scream, which we now know is himself, uh, so <laughs> so I'm not really sure.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah and it, just... it's like we don't know if that scream is him crying out in pain because of what he did in the last episode or if it's him crying out because she's dead um, and there was nothing that he could do to save her. I mean, what they show us in the last episode is the, the pained scream is what we're actually seeing unfold. But yeah, I mean, that, that starting point you know what kind of scream is it like that's yeah it's something we'll never know
1: yeah it's interesting because uh I, brian i know you mentioned a couple movies based on time travel one that's kind of unique um that uh, that i remember is uh, harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you've watched the movie but there is a sequence about time travel in there and i feel like it plays out the same way here in Steinsgate, but i think this the way it plays out here is done too like an absolute perfection, but you bring up a good point about whether or not in the original timeline, like just from that first episode we watched, if Kurisu is actually dead. But yeah, I just like how there's these these clues that you hear in the first episode that make you believe later on that it, it's it's Okarin who had influence over these events, but then out of that context, like who really knows?
2: Now, I will say, as far as the first episode does go, Mayuri did find the metal Oompa. So I guess it would still that timeline would still have led to World War III, regardless of her death or not, because her dad still would have had the papers on time travel.
1: Oh, that's true. Yeah, Um. wait,
0: can we could someone explain that to me? So because He had the metal oopa on him during his travels to Russia. The papers were untouched. I I think I missed that part.
1: No, you're right. It's really backwards, though. Like, why would this metal toy prevent a report from burning up? I would think it would actually cause the report to burn up.
2: Well, it had something to do with a fire, but there was something about the paper going through a metal detector that the metal Oompa set off. And... Oh, now, uh, now the paper either got pulled aside, either during the fire. I, I forget all the details there, but there was a fire. <laughs> he
1: put it in his checked bag. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, well, again, it's uh, Karisu that finds the metal Oompa and sticks it into the folder before her dad even picked it up.
0: Oh, okay, that explains. I was wondering that too. I'm like, how did he even get possession of? that toy but yeah that makes sense if she put it in the folder that he grabs before he like ditches her
2: yeah i believe okarin sees karisu pick up the oompa at some point and then he said to himself mm-hmm. i remember thinking like oh she's the one that grabbed it and must have stuck it in the envelope that she then gave to her dad
0: Ah, oh, okay interesting
2: courtney you also had a question earlier about how time travel works in this show and wow, that is something I was just racking my brain over, hoping you guys would be able uh, to answer <laughs> it for me, too, because, uh, wow, do I have questions there. I don't know if now's the time you guys want to get into it, but uh, I do have a lot of questions about how it works.
0: Yeah, let's do it. I feel like if if the three of us talk through it together, maybe our combined brains can, <laughs> can crack the code here and figure it I out. I
2: like it. <laughs> I do like it. Now, I will say I was a really big fan. I don't think I've seen it done like this before where you send ideas or memories or like a text message back. It's, it's always usually a physical time travel and almost everything I've seen resulting in the end again of two of you in the same place at the same time. But this idea of sending just a message back in time was also something that I really liked about the show and thought was like, really unique and how even just that can do so much
0: yeah i agree and i i loved the beginning part with the gel banana and discovering cern's like failed experiments because they they took the time to actually explain why the um the group doesn't attempt to actually send physical things back it's because they can't i think they explained it like there's only a certain opening it's kind of like a compression to, yeah to, sort to of get situation. something back and because memories don't have as much of like a physical presence versus an entire body you're not trying to squeeze something huge into like a small opening it fits by itself so it it goes through completely intact versus the body or the uh, not the orange the banana which then turns to gel because the physical the physicality of it is just not possible
2: yeah yeah i liked that aspect of it a lot. I thought that was a really unique way to do time travel and not do with the messiness of running into yourself, and it it kind of solved a couple problems there. Uh, Of course, my question now is what continues to happen in that world line. Uh, Does that one go on thinking that it never worked? Um, Does he get the the, uh, reading Steiner effects of knowing that Uh, He successfully sent his memories back. Uh, I'm just, I'm wondering, now what after it's sent?
0: Right, that's a good question, because if I remember in the earlier half of the show, John Titer, quote-unquote, or who we learn is actually Suzuha, um, explains that every change to the timeline actually branches or splits time into two separate, um, like, timelines now you have more timelines so i would assume that in the like current timeline right before the time leap for example the original okarin is like still there and maybe he just like like time just continues where he thinks like okay i've sent my memory somewhere else i don't know what's going to happen from here but i'll just live this reality and then it branches off to another timeline where it's like the end point of the time leap and then that okarin can take the memories and move it forward, but it doesn't actually change anything in the, the previous timeline. I, this would be really hard to explain. Hopefully that yeah, made sense. Yeah, uh, <laughs> my
1: brain just blew up trying to piece that <laughs> together. Which, if that's
0: the case, it, it it's kind of sad to think about, because there's all these timelines where all these people die, and Okarin can't do anything about it. Like he those, those Okarins are stuck in there, in that, that sad reality.
2: That is definitely a way to look at it that is much sadder and uh (laughs) i i guess i mean that's that's the best that i can come up with right now uh and then of course there's also some questions that i have about the d-mails which are different than the time leaps the time leaps keep you in the same timeline because they're sending your memories back where the d-mails changed the world line uh they caused something else to occur and it also felt like that um, that completely almost changed the past as well. There was at least one scene in particular where they send back a D-mail. Um, and in the original timeline that they're in, uh, Karisu went to the store and got Okarin a vegetable drink saying she ne- he needs to drink his vegetables. And he said he asked for Dr. Pepper. She was like, they didn't have any. Uh, then they send a D-mail back, maybe about the lotto tickets. And when we get to that world line, now they do have Dr. Pepper. Like, it had nothing to do with what the message said, but for some reason in that world line, the store did have Dr. Pepper.
0: Yeah, I think that's around the time that they mentioned, like, the butterfly effect, how one Mm -hmm. change, like, has this domino effect of other changes. So maybe that, I'm guessing that was probably a direct example of, like, a small change that happened as as a result of that butterfly effect.
2: And, I mean, that's, I, I, like, that's the thing too, though, like, as far as him sending back a email goes, I feel like there were other examples maybe that I can't think of off the top of my head now. But it it feels like they sent a message back a day or two, but it still changed the events possibly from years earlier.
1: Um, ah, boy, I I wish I, I know could. there was like a watermelon one. Mm. Like someone sends an apology watermelon in oh, one Ruka, yeah, right? in one, As one does
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but
1: then I think there's a timely board email, d-mail and then that doesn't end up being sent anymore
0: yeah or um maybe like another example of the butterfly effect is Farine's uh d-mail where her intention was just to save her father Um, and have him be around but an unintentional maybe butterfly effect of that is that the moe culture never got infused in Akihabara so it just becomes this like electronics district instead of like an anime and gaming district but I because I assumed that that was her original intent I I thought that she was going back in time to get rid of moe culture and I was like why would she do that but then I you know as the story goes on you learn it wasn't for that she just wanted to save her dad but then by saving her dad she permanently changes the entire culture of Akihabara
2: yeah, yeah. I mean I'm I'm definitely okay with things like that. Um, because obviously that change from, I don't know, what was it, ten years ago, would have ten years of effect in the future as well and uh have that huge change. And um, you know, with uh, Ruka becoming a girl, um, you know, it would have that kind of butterfly like effect too. I I still wish I, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I, I still feel like there were moments where they changed a dmail from a week ago and it still had effects on things that almost happened like earlier than the moment they had sent that like almost the entire there's a slightly different past that happened. And I can't think of it off the top of my head, which makes uh, this a super dumb example, but I, I wish I could remember
0: you know I, i'll try to think of it too um because the one thing about steins gate that i found um really interesting but maybe slightly overwhelming at times was the amount of like things happening all at once and like like you said all those small changes even down to like the characters themselves every single character played a role in how mm-hmm. all this unfolded but there were also moments where i'm like oh my gosh every character has something going on like even characters that you thought were just side characters that didn't mean anything actually have a huge role to play, and kind of keeping track of that at certain times. On top of all the time travel that was happening, there were moments where I was like, "Holy cow! I need to pause here and like take a breather and try to absorb everything."
1: Yeah, although I I kind of appreciate at first I didn't, but now I appreciate how you know Steinsgate kind of changes in like tone. From the first half to the second half of the <laughs> yeah. series, uh, it kind of reminds me of that that Korean film *Parasite*. Brian, I don't know ah. if you've seen it, uh, but it, it starts off in one genre. In *Steinbeck's Case*, it's kind of like feels like lighthearted comedy, and then suddenly it turns into this thriller and like a race against time. But it, it's great that in the first half we have all of these characters that we're introduced to that that seem like one off. Uh, people like Ruka, Moeka, Amani, but then as you go into the second half you realize that they do play a bigger importance in the overall story and that idea of convergence they they talk about like the world lines converging but also these separate storylines converging I found that just really fascinating and I knew from the beginning there was something up with Mr. Brown. So, <laughs> I'm glad that really? came full circle. Yeah, Something about hearing Moika mention FB, the B made me think, that's probably Mr. Brown. Oh, and, I
0: thought it was Facebook the whole time. I, I mean, obviously, that wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> but I was like, man, she's addicted to Facebook. <laughs> yeah. But then when it's like,
1: yeah, Mr. Brown is the one who, who was coercing her into doing these things for CERN. So like, wow. I am glad I picked that up.
0: <laughs> Wait, okay. So now I have a question about Mr. Brown really quick while we're on, on the topic of him. So in the, the the final world line, I think they call like the Steinsgate world line, in that that Steinsgate world line, is Mr. Brown still a bad guy? Like do does like does Okarin have to just basically go his whole life like thinking god like this guy's a really bad dude? He's he's gonna do some bad things, but I can't say anything about it. I just have to ignore it. Uh,
2: that's how I feel personally. I believe that he's still CERN's lapdog. Um, but because I am under the impression that Okarin will no longer perform this, uh, phone microwave temporary name, uh, experiment (laughs) that there will be nothing for him to pick up on. There's no reason for him to find the IBM 5100. Uh, I, I have to think, I personally think that he's probably still working for them, but there's just nothing to do different than his every day
0: okay yeah,
1: I, the way i look at it is in in the Steinsgate gate world line like time travel no longer exists, or like this pursuit of time travel no longer exists uh, so it would stop at like cern doing those time travel experiments and then discovering that you know like the human what is it human is dead mismatch and that's where their research kind of stops so that would mean like they don't contact Mr. Brown about finding this IBM computer um, and, and starting this whole chain of events with Okarin trying to build up the time travel machine. Because uh, yeah, I think the, the computer is the catalyst for a lot of things that happen with all these different world lines diverging. And so if CERN doesn't have... Uh, an incentive to track down Okarin, they wouldn't have to reach out to Mr. Brown for him to use Moeka to get to Okarin.
0: But he's still a part of CERN through whatever reason. And it's still like what Brian said, like he's still their lap dog. It's just he's no longer chasing after this group because mm. he doesn't know anything or doesn't need to chase after them. But that's what's weird is like if that is the case, then yeah, Okari- Oka- Okabe has to go... His whole rest of his life, knowing that his landlord okay, is yeah. some shady dude. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Along with his assistant having possibly killed his best friend in the future in a
1: different world line. Yeah, that's going to live with Okari. Oh, yeah. You can't just look Moek on the face and be like on friendly terms, really. Yeah. Well, he oh. still gave that's, her I a guess. badge. That's, that's true. true. <laughs> yeah, To I guess kind of make amends. But like she she doesn't even know any of that was going on. Mm -hmm. Unless you bring up the whole, you know how certain um, characters have these quote-unquote past memories of what actually happened in the other world lines. I wonder if, you know, I think in reality we can call that some sort of deja vu or living a past life. But I wonder if, like, Moeka, Mr. Brown, any of them, like, will experience that in this Steins Gate world line.
0: Yeah, if they do, that could really mess things up because then they're gonna—they might remember those past world lines, and then it could change the way that they would normally behave. Especially if it reveals things about Okabe and him retaining memory memories, um, or like things that he's done to them. That could—that could not be good. <laughs> that Ooh. could be bad.
2: Interesting. Uh, you know, I, I feel like a lot of the ones that Okarin uh, approached mostly maybe remembered when prompted um if if maybe that might get him out of this mess here uh i know uh at least mayuri at her grandma's grave said she at least kept on having like dreams maybe of dying um Mm -hmm. but uh in the dreams at least they ended differently Okarina was always there to save her or something she said uh or at least she was able to say i'm sorry and Ah, uh, they it. Her dreams did play out a little differently than the different world lines did. Uh, but uh, as as far as memories of a different world line and affecting what you did in the current one, ooh, that's I, I I can't explain that one away. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I think what's most compelling to me about this entire story. Is that it this whole thing blew up out of sheer curiosity. Just like wanting to to be a scientist, wanting to explore time travel, not even thinking it may be possible. Um, you know, just wanting to to make a discovery. And I mean, they did it, um, but then, you know, was that the right move? That's that's where like things kinda end up in the gray area. And not only that, but what's what also is kind of sad to think about is that um the the Alpha World line, like the one where the emails get sent and things start changing, you have a lot of like bad things that had happened to these characters actually get fixed and are better. Mm-hmm. But to the 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 detriment of Okabe because he loses something that is so precious to him, which is Mayuri. Um, but then it, it, for him to fix everything means all of these people have to now suffer and lose something in order to go back to what is then known as like the Steinsgate world line where like everything is more balanced, but then Okabe has everything he wants and everyone else loses out on something. Even Kurisu kind of loses out because she knows her father tried to kill her and, mm-hmm. you know, has betrayed her. So it's kind of weird. Like, I mean, he did suffer a lot. Don't get me wrong. Like he deserves to have some level of happiness, but it's just kind of weird to think that it's his happiness, possibly at the expense of a lot of his other friends.
2: And I think that's what it absolutely is. I think that's, you guys mentioned it earlier, how we have a whole lot of characters that felt like one offs, but by the last couple episodes and we're undoing all their hopes and dreams, I was just crushed. You know, there's, yeah. I've, this is the anime I've probably seen most. And if that, it's probably three or four times now. So it's like, not, not a ton. I, I try and, there's so much to explore. I don't want to spend too much time rewatching. Uh, but still, I'm, Tearing up as, uh, you know, these guys are just giving up everything. Uh, Ferris's dad, and uh, you know, uh, w- what were some other examples there? I think Ruka, uh, Ruka being a girl, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, I
1: swear there was another one or two in there. Uh, just Moika trying to find like some sense of fulfillment
0: or acceptance. Yeah,
1: yeah. Although she kind of gets that in the world well she gets hired by mr brown in the Steinsgate world line but yeah yeah it just it just hurt to watch
0: yeah definitely i um the one person that i feel like who, who doesn't have as much to go through is Dadu. yeah the hacker dude <laughs> like he he's living pretty good though and he even gets like a daughter in the end mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's the only one i think that doesn't have to suffer as much
1: because <laughs> he's there just for the inventive part of it Right, like it's not yeah. like he has any risky stakes in all of this.
0: Yeah, I mean, he plays a big role like, mm-hmm. in the future and everything, partnering up with Okabe down the road um, and invents the time machine. But he doesn't have to sacrifice a lot to get there. <laughs>
1: you know, Courtney, it's funny you mention uh, like Okarian starting this off with just kind of a sense of curiosity with time travel, but then realizing how deep the rabbit hole goes. I know we mentioned a Christopher Nolan film for The Dark Knight, but I'm going to bring up another one that feels relevant in this situation, Oppenheimer. Wow. <laughs> yeah. ok- Okarin and Oppenheimer kind of deal with the same thing, right? They have this aggressive pursuit of some scientific concept. And, you know, it's it's a fantastic achievement in Okarin's case. It's the fact that you're able to travel through time. But then he has to start grappling with the magnitude of his choice to create this time machine and then the consequence of that creation it's like you said it's just awful that he has these traumatic experiences from something that seems so innocent um but you know i think it also kind of plays into like with all these characters having these great um turnouts for them in these conver- or diverged world lines but then them having to take that back in the ultimate Steins Gate world line. I don't know if that just seems to be like a something about the theme of like fate and you know like things may not always go your way but you know, ultimately there might be a good reason to come out of it Um and yeah, I, I think you know Okarin tries to wrestle with that too having these memories of what he's done. And taking that with him to the Steinsgate world line. But hopefully in a way where he, he knows, like, understanding the consequences of what he has done in the previous world lines. But knowing how to come out as a better person in this ultimate world line.
0: Yeah, I, I think that it's like, it's just one of those consequences of curiosity and i mean all in all i'm sure he's fine having to live with those memories if it means being able to achieve the stein's gate world line like he his suffering wasn't for for nothing
2: uh that that was maybe one of the other things with the end of this series as we're undoing dmails too uh all all the pain that okarin is going through too and uh you know he's just going through so much and doing so much of it alone because no one else can really be in his shoes here but you know he you can tell how crushed he is all the time with trying to save my worry and failing and uh seeing his pain uh was also just so compelling and emotional and uh i think it adds a lot to to the show as well
0: yeah, and um, his his personality, his Chunebio personality, is a great indicator of his mental state because in the beginning, like he's he's living it up, he's he's doing his thing as a mad scientist and talking to uh, whoever on his cell phone. The organization, yeah, about the organization <laughs> and all that. So but, I
1: didn't know that he, it was he wasn't actually talking to anyone. Correct. Right?
0: Yeah, he was just being a <laughs> Chonebio. <laughs> That's all that was. Yep. Um, and. As as time no pun intended goes on, um, he starts to like step away from that. He stops having that bright, interesting personality. Um, and there's moments where he tries to force it back out, you know, just to, to keep people from worrying about him. But even then, like like Mayori can tell she's like, I this isn't you, something's wrong you're not really being yourself, you're not being genuine. But then, it, you know, as things get resolved at the end of the show, then that whole personality comes back again, especially when he reunites with Kurisu. So yeah, you can tell where he's at based on how how like weeb he's being in that moment.
1: Yeah, Okarin is is a fascinating character study in this series. Uh, it's, it's almost like watching his, his fall from grace, just him having this sort of like I don't know if this is the right term, like superiority complex, um, him imagining himself as a mad scientist to becoming more subdued, more despondent, almost to the brink of insanity. But it's great to see that there's a redeeming side to him uh, once he completes his final task of saving, saving Kurisu. Uh, I think Okarin's character is definitely a highlight of this series, one of the more unique protagonists out there. Um, and in our case, Brian, did you watch the subbed version or the dubbed version the, uh, for the show? The subtitles, of course. Nice. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanted to point out that the voice actor, the Japanese voice actor for Okarin, is Mamoru Miyano. He's one of our favorite Japanese voice actors. He's also very well known for playing Light in Death Note. Wow. But, yeah. he's he, He's... His role here is just fantastic, and really capturing the the humorous emotion of Okarin as well as the 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 sad and despondent ones.
0: I really enjoyed his character. Um, I thought that that he was fun, and really the whole cast of characters I think resonates with a lot of anime fans because this group is basically a bunch of weeb.s um, like Even Kurisu, who tries to hide the fact that she likes anime culture, even she likes it. Um, so there's a lot of relatability with this this cast
2: it's they're super fun and uh it was again as my first anime didn't know quite what to expect i was hanging on to every word of the organization the first time i watched this i'm like are there (laughs) hints here what is going on and then eventually i had to text my brother i was like is this is are we just messing around here like (laughs) (laughs) that that was i mean uh watching it now i watch it with much more appreciation how much fun uh they're having even though Uh, you know, I do think he's pretty socially inept (laughs) and, uh, (laughs) you know, I cannot imagine approaching somebody with that. My friends, that might be how I behave, you know, at the lab, but now I'm meeting strangers and still talking about the organization. That's, that's off (laughs) the deep end behavior.
1: (laughs) Mm. Can I just say, it's so funny, or I, I find it funny that CERN is like a villainous organization in this series. Because, like, the only other reason I know CERN in pop culture is through the movie Angels and Demons, but really they're just a, a science organization. Like, they're just trying to advance scientific progress, especially with like quantum physics, the Large Hadron Collider. But, like, just part of me thinks it's so funny that they're out here trying to murder other scientists <laughs> uh, to, to have this sort of one-upsmanship in like the time travel arms race
2: it almost feels like if someone's gonna make a movie about like all our phones being hacked and like meteors coming to earth they're gonna make nasa the bad guy because they're like (laughs) the go-to space people so why not just make them the bad guy because they're a big organization dealing with space (laughs) (laughs) uh i did have a couple questions for you guys about this show yeah fire away yeah yeah if you don't mind me asking here uh uh, again, this was my first foray into anime here. Uh, I was wondering how you guys felt about the first half of the show. Uh, if you had heard about the uh, what might have happened in the future of the show here when things, I guess, start picking up. How, how did you feel with the first half?
0: Ooh, so that's, a, that's an interesting question, because the only thing that I have really heard about with Steins Gate, besides the fact that it's it's a very highly rated anime, was that the first half could be kind of slow. Luckily, I've gone this long without any sort of spoilers at all for Steins Gate, so that was great going into it with like fresh eyes, but I did have that, um, that hint that things could take a little bit um, to, to kind of pick up. While I, I agree with that, I actually didn't mind it. I, I definitely felt that it was slower until the big, you know, moment with um, Moika and, and Mayuri halfway through, but I, I didn't mind it because it was giving us time to get to know these characters. It was establishing, like, the, the relationships and whatnot and um, giving, giving me a chance to catch up on the whole concept of time travel, the way it unfolds in Steins Gate, because it, they didn't wait too long to actually have the the First discovery happened with like the gel banana, um, and like the them realizing that they've they may have achieved what they set out to, so there was stuff to still look forward to. It wasn't just like watching them move through their day to day and nothing actually happening, so I, I didn't mind it.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on the same page with Courtney here. I actually had no context for what Steinsgate was going to be about, and I, I kind of went into this as I do with a lot of anime without any sort of expectation. Although we did do an episode a while back where we watched the opening credits of Steins Gate, having had no prior knowledge of the show and trying to kind of guess its premise from that. Uh, I I forgot if our predictions were spot on, but I think at the very least I knew it was a science fiction show, one that had to deal with time travel. And even though... The first half of the series, uh, it's a little bit of a slower pace. I, 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 too, I didn't find myself, like, saying, like, oh, when's the action going to pick up? I just thought it was so intriguing how they were building up this world and and, and building up the science behind the time machine and introducing all of these characters. I think <laughs> more so it was like they took uh quantum physics in relation to time and made it fun and they dumbed it down for me <laughs> at <laughs> a very good level where it i i can finally appreciate science because science is one of my uh, my weaker subjects but yeah i think just because the show has this very unique and refreshing take on like the time travel genre that first half it, it piqued my interest more than me, like having to wait until I think it's episode 12 where things really kick into high gear. But mm-hmm. I think that first half just enhances that thrilling chase of everything.
0: Yeah. Was that the same for your first time watching it, Brian?
2: Absolutely, it was. I was watching it. I was thought, okay, this is good. I'm not like, you know, blown away or anything. I was watching it maybe an episode or two a day. Episode 12 happened. I might have finished it in two or three days after that happened i was blown away i did not know what was going on and i couldn't stop after that and uh how how did you guys feel after that moment i i know you guys messaged me said we're almost at the crazy part that we heard about and uh i was trying to downplay it i i believe the key to happiness is low expectations (laughs) and uh if you're expecting something wild and it's not totally wild then you're you're kind of let down uh so i did try and uh maybe not be i was not nearly as excited about it in the message i sent you guys as i felt about it uh how did how did you guys feel when Maiori died
1: yeah it's it's funny because the beginning of that episode i think it starts with okarin having this vision right or like this this dream of earth however many years ago and it's mayuri speaking and talking about, like, all these endless versions of the both of them. And thinking about that, it's kind of like... I think Courtney and I are probably used to this, and I'm sure you are, Brian, like, having this trope of... You know, they talk about a certain character too much in a given episode where you think they're about to meet a demise. But I'll, I'll still say, like, even with that in mind, just seeing Mayuri get shot was still such a shock to my system and i think it's more so because mayuri is one of the more pure-hearted characters of this sure. series you know i i think all the characters are, are great but like she's the one that really has no sort of
2: she truly feels innocent
1: right right like i think it's always that loss of innocence that i see in in any tv show or movie that really gets to me because yeah like my the last one that should have been offed for these reasons even though moika says oh she's she's of no no use um and you know it's <laughs> the sad thing was like you know she says that her her watch has stopped, the pocket watch and mm-hmm. that's kind of like the the trigger for every world line that's where okari knows that she's about to die like hearing that line over and over again even like even knowing what was coming up, like I I couldn't take it. <laughs> there was
2: that one too where Mr. Brahms' daughter accidentally pushes her in front of the train.
1: Oh, oh yeah, I forgot
2: oh. about
0: that.
2: <laughs> that that hurt my soul.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I think for me with the the plot twist, it definitely hurt me as well to to see Maiori die. But in that moment, I was thinking, okay, I feel like this is gonna go down the route where like she's died and then I know like Moika's job was to kidnap the rest of them to take them back to CERN I'm like they're gonna go back to CERN they're gonna be kidnapped they're gonna have to try and find a way to escape and then you know they're just gonna have to live with the fact that Mayori has died but then things take a sudden turn because they make it they make it over to the um the time leap machine thanks to Suzuha kind of intervening and then they were immediately like, let's fix this. Let's get this undone. And I'm like, oh, okay. This is not a direction I was expecting at all. And that's, like, what really grabbed my attention. Because I'm like, I have no clue what's going to happen next. I was trying to, like, you know, predict a little bit, like, if they were to actually be successfully captured. But here I'm like, I have no clue where we're going. Like, this is super exciting. It's, it's like, unexplored territory. Um. So I think it's it's the moments immediately after Mayuri dying that hooked me.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean... uh. After that, I knew that I was all in on this show, and uh, it was just so excited. After that point, uh, I've a couple other things I was wondering. I could if I could ask you guys here, uh, Carl. You said you suspected Mr. Brom. Courtney, did that ever come up for you?
0: Actually, no. I was like, "What the heck?" <laughs> <laughs> I definitely caught on. Do you guys on.
2: discuss as you watch?
0: Um, we normally do. Or did
1: Carl? Did you keep this to yourself? This one I kept to myself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted—I didn't want to say it out loud and then jinx myself. But then, yeah, as soon as I happened, I was like, "Wow, I was right."
0: I—I <laughs> I mean, I called it with Suzuha because I mean, they were dropping some pretty big hints about her. Like she was saying some really weird things. I'm like, okay, she's probably from the future. I didn't think that she was, was, was my next question. Yeah, mm. I don't, I don't, I don't think I put two and two together of her being John Titer. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, the Mister Brown stuff. Like I was like, oh. Okay, like that's why I was a little overwhelmed at times because I'm like everybody has a secret, everybody has a role to play. But that also is nice because they're not kind of wasting your time introducing you to characters who don't play a role in the end game. Mm-hmm. Here, it's like everyone does mm-hmm. matter, so it it is worth it to get to know these characters.
2: Sure, and even when he dies, we're left with that picture of Ney uh, oh, eating breakfast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh I'm no. So sick.
1: <laughs> like I imagine, like I don't know if. Again, going to the past memories things, if she has these visions of like Mr. Brown like knowing that he's died or of her pushing Myri onto the tracks, I hope not. Oh I mean, man, yeah, that's so that's so Yikes. traumatic for a child. <laughs> like I can't, I can't I can't imagine that.
2: And if we're assuming, like we said maybe at the start of the episode that maybe there is a version of them that continues to live on in that world line.
0: Oh, yeah. That's really sad. Oh, no. <laughs> There's that.
2: Um, okay, uh, so you suspected Zuzuha, Suzuha. Uh, we got Mr. Brahm here, but didn't know about the John Titer thing. Uh, I also was wondering how you felt about uh, Okarin and Karisu uh, falling in love.
0: I I figured they were gonna go that route, especially in the closet scene where it was like really dark and they couldn't see anything, and then the lights came on and they were like really close to each other and blushing and like a cute moment with the two of them. I I like them together. I just felt like they didn't invest enough time to develop that romance. Like they have a close relationship, but they're they feel more like a f- close friendship because we didn't see too much about them developing romantic feelings so you could tell there were times where like Risu was a little shy or whatever or t- tried to like downplay stuff about Okabe but I don't know I just kind of it, it came a little bit out of nowhere but because I didn't sure. mind that pairing I, I was willing to forgive it.
1: I, I'm kind of on the opposite end where I think there were enough signs. Carl pointing. thinks it's unforgivable. I ship I ship uh Okarin and, and Kurisu. And yeah, I th- I thought there were enough moments between them to kind of hint at that. I I was afraid that the show was going to go the ter- or the route of a harem where you know there's a bunch of female characters that are trying to vie for Okarin's um, affection, but that's not the case. Especially cuz now that I see, now that I think about it, like Mairi is more like his younger sister. Um Moeka is just some kind of like that's some kind of strange friendship dynamic I guess, but you could tell like there there were feelings that were building up between Kurisu and Okarin especially as she was the one in every world line who constantly wanted to help him out. I think one of the biggest indicators of this was um, right before Kurisu leaves to go back to America, um, she t- uh, she sews. O'Carnine's lab coat because it's damaged, and mm-hmm. the thread she uses is red, which is that red thread of fate, sort of. Wait, it's pink, I think. Okay, pink is. Was an- it pink,
0: <laughs> Brian? Was it pink? I- no, I don't want to. It <laughs> was that. pink. Okay. Okay. Well,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> it Was pink. Okay. Well, pink is an offshoot of red, right? There you go. Uh, so it's like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's that red thread of fate that that sort of theme you see in anime about two characters who are destined for each other, and you know i I'm thinking these nerds are destined for each other, no matter what world line. and so I was really happy to see that they at least had a moment to to kiss because I feel like that's very rare in anime, right, yeah.
0: I, I did like that that romantic like climax of them like admitting their feelings and especially knowing that they're going to be torn apart um, shortly after. So that that was really really sweet to watch. But I mean, would did, were you also a, which which camp were you in, Brian? My camp where like you didn't feel the the romance or Carl's camp where you did feel the romance.
2: I was uh, definitely in Carl's camp the first time I watched it. I think I was more yes. in maybe Courtney's <laughs> camp when with the third or fourth viewing here. like I, oh. I still would have loved for them to spend more time together. Um, I, I, You could see it happening, too. There were some moments of real honesty there. You know, I cherish you as a friend. I'm here in whatever world line you need. Uh, there were these moments that were really touching between them. And even the way they first kissed uh, was just so it felt like them. Like, it's not my first kiss. It's not even memorable. We better do it again uh, to make sure... <laughs> To make sure it really sinks in. Uh, but I I was rooting for them and even would have liked to see at the end uh, at least another embrace.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good point.
1: It's, and I guess all things considered, they only knew each other for 20 days. Like, I don't know if that's really enough time for for two people to build up such an intense relationship. Yeah, that's true. That That's true,
2: yeah. Uh, oh, I, I got... Another question here. Um, But first, I do want to give mad props again to Carl for predicting something from the beginning as far as Mr. Brom goes and the Flying Titan. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. That was... I was so happy about that. (laughs) Just just seems like Carl has this in the bag. Um, Okay. You know what? I actually had two more questions here. As far as anime tropes do go, one I learned, I believe, from you guys is the word for death Maybe being she yes. or something close to that in uh, Japanese or anime culture here. Uh, and we have Mayori, whose last name is Shina, and Maki, uh, Makise, being lab group number, uh, lab member number four, who's, I believe, also pronounced she. And yeah. was there any connection there with maybe future oh death? Gosh,
1: I never realized that. Yeah, I didn't realize that either. Yeah, four is usually symbolize as uh, a number of for death. Yeah. As well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's, there's some uh, superstition around that too in Japanese culture. That is interesting. Okay. So that's like it's like the creator was was dropping these hints along the way that we I mean, I definitely did not pick up on that the first this first time watching it. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know like they they talked about Daru being barrel titer, which was Don John Titer's father. Because I believe the Japanese world the Japanese word for barrel is daru, right?
0: Taru, I think. Or yeah. taru.
1: So similarities there. Yeah. I can't believe we missed the whole shin part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh
2: I, I definitely picked that up, I think, from you guys. And uh I believe it's episode three in my notes here where Mayuri says her full name, Makise introduces lab member number four, and I was like, huh. This and me knowing that they are both gonna die, uh, you know, knew that could have been an Easter egg.
0: Yeah, oh, I like that. So <laughs> they warned
1: us from from the get-go. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um the last thing I have here uh was uh I mean I believe Courtney even mentioned this a little earlier too. Um but at the end, uh we now know that Okarin has to trick his past self into believing what he saw was true. And here's another moment in the show where he's going to time travel. He has to trick himself in the past so things stay the same, but the future changes. Uh, I saw that moment when I first watched the show, and I was like, I, I would love to say I was I'm able to figure things out, but I had no idea what was going to happen there. I was I, I couldn't wait to see how he was gonna trick his past self into believing that those events were true and uh what happened when you guys heard that he needs to trick himself now in the
0: past i i was definitely mind blown i i was like because uh, kind of what i alluded to before like it, it's almost like saying do nothing let these events play out as as fate intended i guess or as originally intended because um you know, like don't don't let yourself see your future self because you'll create a paradox. Let yourself think that Kurisu has been killed. Let you, you know, let yourself send that first D-mail. Because I figured the answer would be kind of what they were originally going toward, which is undo every D-mail, go back to the original original timeline, um, and and make it so like time travel was never even possible. But here they're saying, nope, we actually need the time travel. We need everything to happen. You just need to let it play out. Because that's part of um, Okabe's whole thing is like, what can I do to change this outcome? He's always doing the most. And they basically went back and said, do the least. Do nothing. (laughs) 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 that, That still, to me, is like crazy. And I think a really cool solution to all of this because it's the solution I would have least guessed.
1: Yeah, I didn't know what to expect. Although I guess I kind of had context going back to Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban of, like, <laughs> <laughs> like not always seeing what you are believing, and Okahini kind of having to set that up for himself. To go back though, I just have to say, I I actually jumped when they revealed that Okahini was the one who had stabbed Kurisu. Oh yeah, like I sure. I was I was not expecting that at all but I think like story-wise that just that made so much more that made so much sense and it just hit you in the feels so I had no idea how Okaharin was going to solve all of this and you know I think he mentioned bringing that saber um that siloom saber and trying to use that as fake blood and I was thinking okay he'll just sprinkle the fake blood tase uh Kurisu and then that's fine like then the outcome is what it is. Um, but yeah, when when the, the the Frozen Saber wasn't working, like I was oh sweating. Oh my gosh. I was like, I was like yeah. oh my God. Like you have, this is your only chance. Like you don't have a redo since the time machine ran out of fuel. Like what are you going to do? But I, I I think it's, it like makes thematic sense for Okarin to kind of offer his own blood in order to make this event happen because it's, it's kind of like his blood, sweat, and tears literally to make this world line or to converge into this peaceful world line through the Steins Gate um, and hopefully like have everything resolve itself in a, a good manner. But like thinking back to when the future Okahin gives him the video, I thought what if Okarin, like just has to present himself to the the past Oakland and then that's how you create the time paradox but then I think that would render him insane so probably yeah (laughs) yeah. but I I just love the way how this played out where again things aren't always as they seem but it's such a full circle moment seeing how what we saw in the first episode save for the the metal Upa everything is still intact from what we viewed there versus how the scene actually played out in this final episode.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I love how uh in the first episode we do hear uh and yell. Uh and I love how in both of these scenarios it still gave us a reason for both of them and the first time he fails, he yells out of anguish for accidentally killing karisu In the second time he yells because he's making himself bleed. He just put his hand in his open wound. Uh, so in both he yells and both he'll hear it, but the reasons are completely
1: different. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm
1: surprised that didn't create a time paradox because he's be like, why do I hear myself screaming?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess he just didn't like
2: maybe. Uh, uh, maybe he just don't, wouldn't maybe he didn't recognize himself screaming i that's a that's a tough one for me i yeah cuz maybe I'm it's like say that.
0: It, it's such a distinct scream he's probably never been in a situation where he let out a gut-wrenching scream True. so maybe it just he didn't recognize it or maybe it was far enough away where it was like too echoey and he couldn't make it out
2: <laughs> sure sure uh and i i have to say one of the last things i wonder about this is that we're always trying to get uh to the beta timeline uh he's Uh, Most of the time they spend in the show is below the 1%. It's only afterwards here that they get above the 1% and get to the uh, beta timeline there. But still, I got to wonder if we can break the 2% diversions or the 3%. Are there other world lines?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Hmm. And like, what happens then? I feel like if they got to like 100%, the world would implode. (laughs) (laughs) Time would just cease <laughs> I, altogether. Yeah, I
1: feel like in one of the percent divergences, Okarin becomes that messiah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, that was it. Yeah. John Titer says, Oh, you have to become the messiah um, for everyone when it comes to this time traveling thing. So that's if I'll say that's if Okarin is feeling really lucky. <laughs> he wants to meddle in time travel again.
0: Yeah. Well, Brian, I have a question for you because you've mentioned that you've watched this a few times now. Um, after watching it multiple times, is there a moment that you would say is your absolute favorite? And maybe a moment we've already talked about, but is there one that just like you you cannot wait to rewatch every time?
2: Uh, that I can't wait to rewatch. Uh, I was looking forward to seeing them kiss again. Uh, <laughs> like seeing <laughs> them together. Really, I I couldn't wait to see the moment when. Uh, things pick up again and as heartbreaking as that is to see what it does to everybody and I, I did forget a good portion of it I forgot how uh much this still hits me in the gut and just seeing everything happen over again uh how uh you know I I teared up you know at all these moments here with like we said uh Ruka giving up her dream uh Ferris giving up her dad when Suzuha uh sends that message from Mr. Brom just saying how she failed over and over again like mm. uh there was so much the the emotional aspect of the show I think is one of my favorite things that really makes me fall in love with it.
0: Yeah, I like that. And it, I that's kind of what I I experienced. It was kind of like an emotional roller coaster. Um and again a lot of that is signaled by okarin's um personality um you you have like these moments where things seem to be fixed and then it's just like nope not fixed mayori's still dying (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i I think that um if i were to ever rewatch stein's gate i i could be most excited for that episode 12 and then watching um watching the kiss scene as well i really liked that part (laughs) And it's gotta be
1: it's it's gotta be the kiss scene for me. I could rewatch that and still have a smile on my face because again, you you don't get that in anime very rarely. It's like you have to pay an arm and a leg for that to happen. That's but true. I'm just so glad it it's canon now. Like uh, Okarin and Kurisu are official.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. Another yep. question yep. I have for all of us is. Um, if you were to choose, and you have to choose one of each, who is your favorite character, and who is your least favorite character? So, Brian, do you want to do you want to share darn yours? It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, I guess so. Um, wow, who is my favorite character? Um, I, you know what, we, I guess we did spend a lot of time with Okarin. I, did, I did like Okarin a lot. I, uh, I do like his. Uh, sense of humor now that i guess i'm used to it um i i believe i'm gonna have to say okarin i i could see him being a lot of fun to get along with in in the real world uh texting things about the organization lsi kangaroo uh things like that (laughs) Uh, um i and you know what and he's also a really good friend uh you can say a lot about him, but he is uh, loyal to a fault. So, uh, I th- of all of all the people we spent the most time with, I I think I'm going to say Okarin.
0: Nice, yeah, he's a good character. who Who's your Who's your least favorite?
2: Oh boy, yeah, I forgot that was part of the question. Uh, <laughs> who's my least favorite character? Um, I will say uh, the Mayushis has got old. Uh, yeah, <laughs> at least speaking of yourself in the third person. Uh, that was. A little strange, but uh, you still absolutely were crushed to see her go. Um, you know what? I, would, I think I'm gonna say Moeka. Uh, I, I she was just so drab uh, all the time, <laughs> and uh, I, I'm gonna say Moeka.
0: I um, I agree there. I think Moika is my least favorite character as well. Um, Just because, like, I get that there were things that she was going through and there's a reason for her behaving the way that she does. But there's, like, not that many redeeming qualities about her. Uh, Like, everyone's got something that they're going through. But for her, it's just, like... It's hard to to get on board with her, and I know that it, it seems like Okabe forgives her in the end. Um, not that she, in the Science Gate timeline, knows what she even did, but you know he gives her the the badge, accepts her into you know as, as a lab member. But even then, I was just kind of like, I I'm just not there yet. <laughs> I'm not ready to forgive her for Same. everything that she did. Um, I would say in the beginning, I, I thought that Mayuri was going to be my least favorite character because. In that first episode, I'm like, oh, gosh, she's she's not exactly the kind of character I vibe with. But surprisingly, she grew on me very quickly, probably yeah. because of her innocence. And even before mm-hmm. episode 12, I was like, she's just kind hearted. Like, is her voice a little annoying at times? Yes. Um, and her <laughs> personality is maybe too happy-go-lucky. But she's kind of the glue that keeps everything together. So I I did appreciate her. But as far as my favorite character goes, I would have to say it's probably... Um, kurisu only because she also surprised me i thought she was just going to be annoying or difficult to deal with and while she had that tsundere personality she actually was huge she was a major catalyst for everything um happening she pulled her weight she was capable um she gave okabe a lot of the answers that he was looking for like a lot of that wouldn't have been possible without her so she was definitely a a champion throughout
2: I will say the other thing with Mayori too and uh as far as her innocence and all that goes, uh, you know, I was uh I, I have to say I was intrigued and a fan, I believe, of the whole hostage situation there where Mayori is Okarin's hostage, and when you learn the meaning of that, uh I th- that that hit me in the feels too.
0: Yeah, that was really special. Like it's a weird thing to say, mm-hmm. but it had like so much meaning. And that that I think brought it home for why um, Okabe was so determined to save her. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was, um, I was almost going to say that Yuri was my least favorite character, but then as the show goes on, like, she starts off feeling like this sort of anime trope uh, of this young female character who just seems to live like a blissful life until you start learning more of her backstory and you start to um, have more of a heart for her. But, yeah, I think it's gonna be three for three with, with Moeka being <laughs> the least favorite character., uh, again, what she did uh, to Mayuri was was unforgivable, and it was on it was simply on orders. like its it's sad that she didn't like question those orders at all. She just did it without any doubt. And again, I, I understand that Moeka is kind of going through some problems of, of finding a sense of fulfillment in the world and, and living up to expectations. But yeah, I, I think she just went about it the wrong way instead of being guided towards it um, in, a, in a more practical and cra- pragmatic sense. And imagine someone just emailing you all the time instead of- Gosh just, darn it. <laughs> like you're face to face with them and they're just always on their phone constantly texting you when it could just easily be verbally (laughs) said i don't think i could deal with that no as far as my favorite character it's got to be a toss-up between uh daru and okarin more so with daru it's just yeah he's he's kind of just happy-go-lucky and he's (laughs) he's a representative of the weeb and otaku community in the show um he doesn't cause any like frills with anybody but he's he's there to be a helping hand but i, I would say like it's more Okarin that I, I would favor because he's just this very well-rounded character who has that goofy mad scientist aspect to him but also is just very more like there's more to him than that and seeing him go through this journey it makes him feel more fully human and that's that's the thing that I appreciate appreciate about uh, anime characters or main characters in general is if they're somebody that you can really empathize with and you can see the range of emotions that they go through and kind of connect yourself on that sense
0: i like how we're all in alignment about Moeka.
2: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean oh boy that texting right in front of you i forgot about that momentarily <laughs> holy smokes! so that just pushed my buttons but wow such Two strong characters here with Okarin and Karisu slash Christina there. Uh, Wow. Two just, like, so important, like, played their roles, like, brought a lot to the table. Such good characters.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Well, um, before we share our final ratings and final thoughts overall about Steins Gate, is there anything else on anyone's mind about this anime?
2: Uh, I would love to explore the time travel aspect more. Uh, right now, I am I do feel like I'm led to believe that their other timelines continue, and we just get one in a lucky other timeline that's able to kind of redo things or try and fix them anyway. Uh, I, I would like to explore that aspect of the time travel more, but uh, other than that, I am very happy.
1: Yeah, I know that Steinsgate So the weird thing is that Steinsgate is actually part of what's called the Science Adventures franchise. There are other two titles called Chaos Head and Robotics Notes. Uh, I don't think they've reached the same amount of success. And Brian, I don't know if you've delved into either of those uh, series as well. I haven't heard of those. Okay. Yeah, it was, it's the first I was... Because re- as soon as I finished the show, I started researching about Steinsgate a little bit more. Um But yeah, those are out there. I think they're, story-wise, they're completely different from what you see in Steins Gate. But I also read that there are other kind of like follow-up series or prequels. There's Steins Gate Zero. There's an OVA, which I guess is like a sort of supplementary uh, two-episode series to what happens in the proper Steins Gate movie as well. So I think there's definitely a lot of material out there for people to explore more of the Steinsgate world as well as video games i think there's, there's plenty of Whoa, i didn't know that yeah.
0: yeah i was gonna ask have you have you tapped into any of the other Steinsgate content brian
2: i of course have seen Steinsgate zero and i guess that um does mean that uh in the original timeline and i know we said this in the beginning of the episode we can't tell if she was actually dead or not, or if this was the whole uh if we were seeing the last episode kind of play out. But uh according to Steinsgate Zero, she she is dead.
0: Oh, okay. Mm. Would you recommend we um, watch Steinsgate Zero?
2: You know what? I remember liking it not uh not as much as this one, and it does play a role a little more, I believe, in the end of Steinsgate. I believe there's some forums out there about maybe starting steins gate zero after episode like 21 or 22 of the original series okay. um apparently there's maybe some some more backstory in the um time travel aspect of trying to save Kurisu at the end um but uh i i remember enjoying it um i i don't know if that's uh my bias or a lot of sentimentality there, but I I do remember enjoying the
1: show.
0: Okay, interesting. I will add it to my watch list. Um, Maybe we can discuss
1: it again. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> all, all three of us. <laughs>
0: if we watch it, we're definitely going to message you with questions.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's one I've only seen once. Uh, so I would again. I I imagine I'd, I would definitely happily rewatch it with you guys.
0: Awesome. Well, going back to what you had mentioned about talking about the time travel concept a little bit more I if I had to like if I had to put my finger on like what's happening here like if I had to make a choice I feel like what John Titor quote-unquote or Suzuha is explaining in the online forums about the like the diverging timelines and that the original one still exists and now you have a separate one where the time travel made an impact I feel like that's what I would hang my hat on that that's happening here um just because the way that John Titer explains it in those earlier episodes seems very confident, seems very definitive. Um, Now, of course, that doesn't mean that is actually the case, but I just feel, I don't know, there's like that level of confidence that I have that that's kind of the direction that this show is going, which again, as we've mentioned before, like kind of makes things sad because every time there's a time leap or a D-mail, the original Okabe is probably just sitting there, living in that reality that he's stuck in, just hoping that the change that he's caused can make a better future for a different Okabe. <laughs> um, right. I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's kind of the the same feeling that you guys are getting that that could be the direction that this is this is going. I,
2: that's what I'm left feeling.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, just the, the 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 possibilities with time travel, and again, like the consequences of it. It's just such a, a fascinating realm. Uh, I just have two things I want to bring up, and it's you know, since Brian, you're part of TV and movie trivia pod, I have pieces of trivia that I just wanted to bring up for both of you to enjoy. Okay. Um, the first is actually with John Titer. I don't know if either of you knew this, but it was an actual internet pseudonym from someone who claimed to be a time traveler from the future. Oh, really? Yeah, I think this was. Like on internet forums in the early 2000s, early to mid 2000s or so, someone was claiming that they, they traveled from the future um, to, and was a time traveler.
0: Was it like a Japanese person? No, I think it was
1: just like someone from the, the West. Or like, I, I don't know where they came, but I don't think it was like a Japanese internet forum. Oh, okay. So, but I'd have to read up more about that.
2: I, uh, I did look into that a little bit. I did, re- I did a little research afterwards, found out, was surprised to hear that CERN was a real thing, was surprised to find out that John Titer was again a real thing. Um, and I, I don't remember knowing a lot more about John Titer. Uh, whoever was going by that alias was ever uncovered, or that was too early in the internet to really find out. But I, I was aware that John Titer was a thing after watching this show.
0: Interesting. It'll be one of the great mysteries of the world. Like, who was John Titor? <laughs> yeah, and I think it yeah. also
1: involves uh, the IBM computer. I know in, in this series it's called the I- IBN, but the IBM computer is part of John Titor's actual lore.
0: Oh, that's cool. So <laughs> that makes it feel, <laughs> like, it's real. Cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, the, the phrase that Okarin uses on his trusted line to the organization LSI Kongru uh, I read that it's possibly related to the real world. John Titor's code word, um, I think it was a mix of like Greek and Latin, uh, but it's supposed to be like "Tempus Edax Rerum," which means "Time, the Devourer of All Things." So, I guess Okarin's interpretation of that um, of of that term. Uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up because this comes up often. Are the code names for the operations that yeah. uh, Okradin assigns to all of their different missions? Uh, they are all related to Norse mythology, and it's interesting the, the choice of words that he makes for each. So, the first one, this goes in chronological order of the operations he commences. Legjarn, which is the analysis of the CERN report, is a, referring to a giant chest that held the legendary sword Levatain. Hopefully I pronounced that somewhat right. So kind of like opening up that Pandora's box about what CERN is up to when it comes to time travel.
0: Interesting. Sure. Uh,
1: then you have Operation Ord, which is the discussion about the D-mails. Um, that's a er, Ord is a Norse deity that is tied to fate, which is interesting because you know they, when these characters send their D-mails, they're they're trying to change their fate.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool.
1: Then we have Operation Eldhrimnir. If I pronounce Eldhrimnir, which is Amane's or Suzuha's farewell party. Uh, Eldhrimnir is a cauldron through which, I guess, the Norse gods had a cook, uh, but that's where he prepared their evening meal, hence the dinner party aspect.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay.
1: (laughs) 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 Um, Operation Verdandi, which is where they discussed doing the time leap uh verdandi is a norse deity tied to the present so this connects with okarin retaining his present mind and knowledge of the world lines and being transported to past events with that foreknowledge interesting cool. <laughs> they got two more for you operation valkyria which is related to the episode about okarin going on the date with uh, ruka <laughs> I think this might be the most obvious one because it's a variant of Valkyrie, which is one of a host of female figures who guide the souls of the dead to Valhalla. Um, so I think that's pretty much hand in hand with the world of dating. And then the final mission that Okarin embarks upon, Operation Skold. That's another Norse deity who's tied to debt or obligation. Or in this case, it's Okarin's desire to save Kurisu for always saving him and helping him out in the different world lines.
0: Interesting. So Okabe is very knowledgeable about Norse mythology. <laughs> <laughs> very intentional.
2: <laughs> wow, I, that that I had never heard of before. I never thought to actually look up the Norse mythology behind his codenames There, that's really cool.
1: Yeah, I, I just I just figure like there has to be a reason that Okarin's just pulling out these words. And, you know, I I just always have an inquisitive mind when I hear things in in anime and try to find the the meaning of it. So this was, yeah, it was fun researching these. And uh, Brian, I don't know if you'll ever do a a trivia episode on Steins Gate, but feel free to use those at your (laughs) (laughs) leisure.
2: I appreciate that.
0: (laughs) Well, to wrap things up, we cannot forget to share our final ratings and our final thoughts yes so brian would you do us the honors of sharing your final rating out of 10 for Steinsgate? Yeah. how
1: many <laughs> out of 10
2: <10? laughs> uh let's see this uh might not come as a surprise to listeners here at this point but uh i'm gonna give this still 10 uh, <laughs> uh, for steins here this was one of my first loves and uh i was uh, a little nervous coming back, hoping that it was as good as I remembered, and it was. So uh, I am I am in love with the show. I will happily rewatch this whenever. Uh, it's It's got to be a 10 for me.
0: Awesome. Um, well, for me, I, I gave it a 9 out of 10. I think that um, the show, even though I, I did enjoy the first half, I do understand where people say it is a bit slower um, in the start. Um, there were moments, as I, I mentioned before, where I just kind of got overwhelmed by the the characters the time travel although I do think that the show does a fantastic job of kind of helping the viewer along when it comes to time travel I mean Okabe is jumping like from timeline to timeline in certain episodes like multiple times he's making jumps so I never felt totally lost but there were moments where I kind of needed to pause and let it sink in for me to be able to keep up with everything that was happening but despite this uh Besides that, um, I, I do think the show overall is is fantastic. Like, what a painful journey with such good intentions. And I think that's the most gripping thing about this is that um, – as I mentioned before, like, the Alpha Worldline gives everyone the things that they want most and what makes them happy. But Okabe is completely miserable along the way, on the brink of insanity, um, and and knows that he's got to not only sacrifice a lot of his own things um, to, to right the world, but also take away things from the people that he cares most about. Um, so it's just, it, it's like, it's such a compelling thing to watch this guy who... I'm guessing doesn't have much going for him. Like he he he's pretty broke in the beginning. He he doesn't have like an established scientific career or anything. He's just a guy who loves science, has pure curiosity, and and wants to to do something that no one else has done, and he achieves that. But it's not actually what he wants in the end. He probably is sitting there thinking, I should have never even touched time travel. I should have just let it be. I should have just been, you know, pretending things along the way. But because he did what he thought he wanted most, he like divulged into one of the worst experiences he probably ever went through. Um, So, yeah, it's just it's so it's so tough to watch that because you want to root for him to be this. You know, discover of time travel, but you know that that's just not what's best. So yeah, I found I found the, the story just absolutely fascinating and an emotional roller coaster um, with a really really wonderful ending.
1: For me, I, I guess I'll, I'll split the difference and give this a nine and a half out of <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I thought Steins Gate was just a an intelligently crafted science fiction story that takes what we expect of the science fiction genre and presents it in a way that just feels very unique, sophisticated, and even a cinematic, almost like if Christopher Nolan made it anime, I think <laughs> it would have been Steinsgate. Gate. Uh, and, you know, in true butterfly effect fashion, the, the show is just deft at highlighting little moments that build up to this large climax and really allows all plot points to converge in the end and I know time travel and time manipulation as we've discussed it's been done many times in media but I think it hasn't been done to such a satisfying effect as in this series and talking more about and just seeing his journey it's so compelling in that he's not really a, a mad scientist but I'll say he's more of a scientist that has gone mad with that burden of toying with fate and with time and not being able to withstand the magnitude of what destruction his pursuit could bring. But then it's a journey that unexpectedly centers on love, a very timeless virtue that that triumphs over all of these other worldly and intellectual desires in the story. And it kind of brings that scientific pursuit back down to a human level that realigns Okanin with what really matters and I just I love that sort of synergy between the technical and the emotional so I think overall Steins Gate was definitely worth the watch and it's a series that I would want to experience all over again in any world line
0: hey <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's great i, I clearly there is a reason that steins gate remains one of the most beloved anime um, highly rated and i i'm so glad that carl and i um were finally finally able to watch it especially after hearing that that anime name all the time in the community and of course very happy that we could experience it along with you brian so thank you so much again for for rewatching watching steins gate and joining us to talk about it
2: quite literally anytime uh i was so honored to have you to hear you guys wanted me for this episode uh i always love talking anime with you guys and uh to have you guys watch one of my favorites uh, i'm so glad you guys liked it
0: yes for sure and before we wrap wrap things up um please tell everyone listening where they can find tv and movie trivia podcast uh, find you on social media and, and how they can tune in
2: Sure. Uh, Again, I'm the host of the TV and Movie Trivia podcast, solely focusing on TV and movies there. So if you enjoy questions like, what's the name of Michael Scott's screenplay? What do you say to view the Marauder's map? What are Tony Stark's last words to Thanos in Avengers Endgame? And where does Ron Burgundy say he is when he calls the news station sobbing from a phone booth? Uh, Tune in for the podcast here. Uh, This year, I've already covered Monty Python, Mel Brooks movies, a couple rom-coms. And we got Kingdom, I'm sorry, we got Planet of the Apes and a whole bunch of X-Men movies here coming up too. Uh, I always enjoy this type of trivia and uh, having guests on like Courtney and Carl here to answer questions as well uh, is always so much fun. Uh, You can find me on any of the socials at TV Trivia Pod or just look up TV and Movie Trivia Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Yes, and all of those links for everyone listening will be in the show notes in the description, so you can find them there. Um, And yeah, look forward to Carl and I being on Brian's podcast and uh, doing our best to reign over (laughs) trivia. So yeah, we've got some good ones coming up for you guys. But yeah, thank you again, Brian. We really, really appreciate it.
2: Of course. Thank you guys so much for having me. I love uh, talking to you guys, guesting on your show, watching anime with you. Uh, This is one of my favorite things.
0: And for all of our listeners out there, as always, subscribe to Strictly Anime on your favorite podcast service. Join our Discord to chat with us, follow us on Instagram at the Strictly Series, on Twitter at Strictly Series, and check out our website, thestrictly If you'd like to support the show, then head over to patreon.com slash the strictly series, and to, to strictly Jojo, our other podcast dedicated to Jojo's bizarre adventure. All links are in the description. Thank you again, and as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb.